Babe, it's your good friend Sean. I want to know how you're doing. How are you doing? We're going to explore some some dark areas today. We are. Look, I talked right through the uh, crescendo of the music. I don't care. Who cares? All right, so I'm going to get right into a story right now. I am in the attic. It, to review, if you haven't listened to uh, the last episode, um, Eric suggested that um, since working from home, Working from my dining room table was not uh, productive because my son Jackson is, um, he's obsessed with me. <laughs> oh, and who can blame him? I'm fun. But um, he's pressing up against me. He's turning off my computer. He's talking into the phone. He's appearing on every Zoom conference. Uh, it was just really hard. And plus the worst part, so all that I can handle. This is, if you want to adopt a kid, you need to know what they're going to be like when they turn four. So this is this is what they're like. But it was breaking my heart to, for him to say, Daddy, please, please, will you draw with me or will you color? Will you sword fight? Will you watch Peter Pan? Will you do anything with me? To say no. So um, out of sight, out of mind, Jackson thinks I go to the office every day. I do walk out the front door with my little bag and my coat. Uh, and then I, um, I literally sneak. Sometimes I have to duck because uh, the window near his play area is open. So I duck and then I, I slide like a slithering snake up the side stairs to the filthy attic. I'm, I'm starting to like, well, I don't like it up here, but um, <laughs> my friend Alicia was like, you should throw some scarves around. Remember when you had your first apartment or your dorm room and you thought, I'm going to just put scarves over the lampshades and it's going to look so, the, the ambiance in here is going to be great. Um, maybe you didn't do that, but some some scarves, some posters, I don't know. Right now, I, I've done nothing. But I am really productive up here. I can talk to people, and I can go to Zoom meetings, and I can answer emails, and I can enter data, and I can do my job and be super productive. Uh, and uh, there's only one problem. There's no bathroom up here. Uh, and so... I have had a few occasions <laughs> where I've had to text Eric, hey, where's Jackie right now? I need to sneak down and use the bathroom. And so there was one time he was up in his play area and Eric was distracting him. Super obvious to like, hey, let's stay up here. And no way. Hey, what's what's that? Look out this window. Like because dad, daddy is sneaking in the, into the house and going to the bathroom. And so that worked. One time I had to go to the bathroom really badly. And um, I said, fuck it. I'm just going to come through the front door and say I forgot something. Oh, my God. Silly daddy. He forgot his bag. And I have to go to the bathroom. So um, you never really know when you, you're going to when it's going to happen, <laughs> but you're going to need to go. So um, just like road trips with your parents, like I gave it the old college try, uh, but didn't have to go. But uh, I can't be popping downstairs all the time. So yesterday, <laughs> a typical, just a typical morning, I, I give the old college try. Uh, nothing. This is really the, what my life has become, by the way. This, this, is, uh, this is the focus. Will I have to go to the bathroom before 1230? So I came up and lo and behold, I had to go to the bathroom and I'm, I, th I thought, you know what, I can focus on work and I can do other things and it'll... Pro so I texted Eric, hey, I really need to go to the bathroom, but I think I'll be okay. And he's like, Jackson is in the kitchen with, with Frankie in his swing, so don't come down here. Um, so we're, we're going back and forth about me having to come down for the bathroom. And then... I uh, I hit the point of no return. And when I hit the point of no return, I thought of one of my favorite people. His name is Matt Paxton. He's one of the uh, organizers on Hoarders. So if ever you watched Hoarders in its, in its heyday, there was um, Matt Paxton who would go into the home and help them clean. But then there was Dr. Robin Zazio. And Dr. Z uh, Pax and, and Zaz, I used to call them, Matt Paxton and Z uh, Dr. Zazio, used to be like an amazing team. And he had a podcast called Five Decisions Away. And Five Decisions Away was about an episode where a man who was a college professor 
that had a wife and child, um, lost them in a, in a terrible accident. And he became depressed. He became reclusive. He didn't leave his house and he lost his job. He became a hoarder. And then before you know it, his house was so filthy dirty that he had to go out in his yard and shit in a bucket. So Matt says, we're all five decisions. Think about it. We're all five decisions away or five events away from shitting in a bucket. So I was one decision away from thinking, what am I going to do? I need to find something to shit in up here. Um, th- this attic isn't finished. It's like I said, it's it's uh, a scary uh, attic and um, there's not a lot up here. There's a crock pot sitting to my left and uh, like from the 80s, it's probably been sitting up here. Uh, this house is over a 120 years old. So uh, who knows? But what can I shit in? And then I thought, you know what? I I thought of Matt Paxton. I thought about the guy who went from being a uh, a lauded family man and, and uh, professor to shitting in a bucket. And I thought, this I'm, it's not going to happen to me. This young, <laughs> I'll shit in a bucket when I'm old. So I said to Eric, I have to sneak down there now. And um, Eric was texting Jackie's teacher, (laughs) Miss Amy, um, that he was working on beginning sounds and writing his name. And so um, you have to be careful in life uh, that you don't send a text to another person that you didn't mean to send it to, especially (laughs) especially if the content is uh, objectionable. So... um, he was texting Miss Amy and copying me on it. And I, this is the text I sent to, I thought, just Eric. All right. It says, <laughs> I may have to sneak down and <laughs> I may have to sneak down and poopy. I'm sorry. Distract up front. Defcon one. So let's repeat that. I may have to sneak down and poopy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Distract up front. Defcon one. And then Miss Amy replied, keep up the hard work, Jackson. <laughs> it's paying off. Completely ignoring the fact that she just got a glimpse into our ugly, ugly world. So Miss Amy is super cool. She's a Montessori instructor. And I've wanted to like be the cool gay dads in the classroom and and really impress her with what we've been doing. And then, you know, we we kind of got a little dressed up for parent teacher conference. And I'm like, yeah, we're hip and cool. We're the cool dads. And now I'm saying I'm at DEF CON 1, meaning I'm about to shit in a bucket. So I have to make poopy. So is that what I call it? I'm the 40, going to be 49 next month and I call it poopy. Got to make poopy downstairs. <laughs> so remember, I'm at DEFCON 1, right? So DEFCON 1 means like all systems go where at war. Uh, you're going to shit yourself. And I, I'm laughing so hard. I almost fell down the stairs. <laughs> downstairs. Eric's like, you, please ignore that text from my husband. And all I wrote was, oh, man. And she sent an upside down smiley face like wacko. And I sent back, oy vey. Like, Jesus. Nah. So I could not stop laughing. So I came through the front door laughing. Daddy's so silly. He forgot his bag again. And I, Eric's looking at me like, I am so ashamed. You have ruined it with us and Miss Amy. You have ruined everything. <laughs> oh, my God. I will never not laugh at thinking about sending her this, this, this text like... We're trying to impress this lady that we're doing some homeschooling. We're working on beginning sounds, uh, ABC. And then here I am. Hey, sounds like your husband needs to take a shit real bad. <laughs> oh, God, this is, my life. this is what my life has become. And now you all know. And I don't care because someday you might be five decisions away from shitting in a bucket. So his, I think that was the name of his podcast. He He's going to start a new one. Um I think also similar to Five Decisions Away, but just check him out. Matt Paxton, super funny, um, really, uh, yeah, he tells it like it is. So so I wanted to share that with you. I've got some other funny stories, too, and then we're going to do a project. Okay, so, um, yeah, poopies. So t- this morning... <laughs> 
uh, Eric, so I went to Starbucks, which I still do uh, every morning. Um, I drive 25 minutes away from my house into the suburbs. I wait in line for about a half an hour. Um, and then um, I drive home. So it takes about an hour to get the Starbucks. I drop off a drinky, t- we call them drinkies and treaties. Treats, treaties, drinkies. Uh, Jackson gets a little box of either chocolate or vanilla milk, this little box of organic milk, uh, and uh, Eric gets his treaty. So I drop him off, and then the ruse begins, the lying, the the out the front door. And Eric said, you'd better see if you need to go to the bathroom. So um, I, di- I didn't, and I still don't have to but these are the things you think of when you're when you're in an attic behind a close I actually am behind a closed door and there's a latch on it because I know Jackson will sniff me out he will find me he and he is on to that like I told you he's, he's seen my car that's daddy's car oh no that's not daddy's car that that just looks like there's a lot of uh that car on this street and he's like no that's daddy's car and now he's taken to blocking the door until I tickle him and I feel like he wants to see me get in the car but I have to like pull a, a fast one and look look like I'm crossing the street and then when he walks away go, go back like it's just I want this to end so badly please Jesus oh so anyway at least I'm not telling you I did shit in a crock pot from the 80s that would be bad uh so yeah this is my life right now. I'm trying now I've got a now every time I see this woman she's gonna look at me like you have some issues, sir. <laughs> Not as hip as I thought, honey. So great. So here's some other funny stuff that's going on. My parents, I'm sure you've been wondering, how are the Doyles doing? I want you to uh, feel relief when you hear, somehow my parents are doing better during a global pandemic than they ever were before there was one. Especially my mom, like she's really right on the money with with remembering things and she's in good spirits. Her her anxiety is low. Um, my, my mom and dad are, thank God they have each other. These two... Um, are in love. They're still in love. They've been married 50 years and I'm fucking pissed that I can't give them a huge party. Um, I was ready. I was so ready. Um, but 50 years, uh, they, and they are still, they look adoringly at each other. They hold hands when, when they're in public, although they haven't been in public in so long. Um, but who of us have? So, uh, but anyway, thank you, sweet baby Jesus in the manger that these people have each other. Because if one of them was in the rehab center and without the other one, this would be a fucking mess. So they're holding their own. Every time I talk to them, I'm like, please don't fall. Please take your temperatures. Make sure the people that are coming in to give you um, care are wearing masks, that you're temp checking them. Uh, So they're there. But TV is all they have. So my mother called me one day and said, honey, do you have cable? (laughs) It's 2020, Mom. I do. I even have a computer. She said, we are watching such a wonderful program. You and Eric might really like it. It's, um, oh, God, what is it called? Isn't it awful? I can't remember. She's a teacher, and she wears long skirts, and she's, she comes to the town, and then, um, then, then this man came into town and I can't remember the name of it. Honey, what's the name of that show with the teacher who wears the long skirts? <laughs> my, and my dad goes, uh, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yeah, that's what Wheel of Fortune is. It's a teacher with long skirts. My dad said, oh, the long skirt, uh, when calls the heart. Oh yeah. Which I'm very familiar with. When calls the heart is a series on lifetime, uh, that is fucking ridiculous. So I said, mom, when calls the heart, you think Eric and I (laughs) are going to sit down and watch it. I actually probably would bring me some kind of comfort, kind of like the Hallmark Christmas movies. But, um, I like my mom's description of it. It's she's a teacher with long skirts. And then my dad says, wheel of fortune. What are these people doing? So, um, so they're busy watching their programs. They like Raymond. 
everyone everybody loves Raymond. Um, they love the the competition shows like The Voice and X Factor. Um, lots of Golden Girls, and then my mom just uh, tried to turn me on to Little Big Shots or something like that. It's it's children, and they really do everything. I th- I think of Jackson when I see them. So talented. So basically, their whole world is TV. Then I get a call. And usually when I see my mom or dad call me, there's a problem. I call them every day. But uh, my mom called and I was like, oh, shit, somebody fell. My mother says, honey, our TV exploded. (laughs) Our TV exploded. Oh, um, so can you tell me a little bit more about that? So we were watching Raymond and I was on the phone, and even my friend on the phone heard the explosion. <laughs> so I'm picturing a living room with, like, TV parts blown all over the place, like, sticking out of walls. But what really happened was a pop, and then the TV went off. So um, I'm like, well, fuck, I don't know what to tell you here. Um, I don't know anything about TV. And we're in fucking quarantine, right? So I can't, what do you want? Okay, how can I help you? And I realized these people cannot be without a TV. Be, just sit, and they're going to just sit there and I don't know what they're going to talk about. So um, uh, my dad had some ideas about what I could do to help. You can come in here. They have a Florida room. So anybody's parents have a... Does anyone know what a Florida room is? Well, look it up. Um, there's a, the same TV in the Florida room. So if you could come and bring the exploded TV out into the garage and then come get the other TV uh, and then hook it up for us. Like, all of this is a nightmare to me. Like, uh, I got to lift things. I got to figure out cords. I can't do it. Um, but I, I, they can't be without a TV. So I'm like, I have to come in your house. So I'm going to be wearing, you, everyone should wear a mask and I'm not staying. And then my dad's trying to like get, get a pizza party going. Uh, you know what? Maybe uh, we could order a pizza, and uh, wouldn't that be nice? Some nice pizza. And uh, no, I know they watch the news, so they know that you're not supposed to hang. So I went over there and I did the work. I did the lifted the TV. I brought the TV and I hooked it up. We got found the remotes. They have like seven remotes, and they're labeled one through seven. Uh, and so my dad says. This TV, I'm going to buy a new TV, and uh, I want you to pick it up (laughs) at Best Buy, and then I want you to put it together, and I also want you to put together a TV stand that is, you know, elaborate. And I'm like, oh, like, this is just like what you don't want to say to me during uh, any, at any time, really, but during a pandemic. It's just, it's too much work. And so... My dad said that the TV stand was uh, too expensive, uh, so they're going to use two TV trays to balance the new TV on, and then they're going to have a block of wood for the (laughs) the DVD player and the cable box. And I was like, what the fuck? This is going to look nasty in your house. So um, every day my parents call me about the TV. Well, Best Buy said the TV isn't in yet, so we don't know what we're going to do. Linda said she Linda's their helper said she found a desk in the basement that the TV could go on. So could you bring up a desk? No, I'm not bringing up a desk. I can't lift a desk. Um, every day, every day, the TV, the TV. They have a the TV they fucking have is fine where it is, and it's on a stand that works. Um, so yesterday, my dad called and said Linda and I are going to go pick up the TV at Best Buy. Linda and I. So Linda, oh Gavalt Schmier, Linda. Linda is my parents' helper. I'm going to be very kind and not talk a lot about her. Uh, she's intense. That's all I have to say. So Linda is probably in her late 60s and let's say not in great health. So lifting, I, I know these TVs aren't that heavy, but then my dad said that the two of them are going to lift it. I said, Dad, you're going to lift a t- you're going to lift a TV into a car and then lift it back out. Why not? I'm like, well, because you have to hold on to a walker. So make Linda, Linda has to do it, or maybe the people at Best Buy. So uh, this is supposed to be happening today, uh, this transfer of the TV. And, and they're going to put it in. Is this a boring story? Are you bored? I just think that this is all they have to think about is this TV. My dad's been on the, on the phone with Best Buy um, for days. 
And it's all because their TV exploded. And it's all because they want to watch When Calls the Heart, which is often mistaken for Wheel of Fortune. So I guess I'm going to end that story. So um, I uh, didn't shit in a bucket. My parents' TV exploded. What else is happening? Let's see. Oh, so you'll like this. I have been um, on many a Zoom call. Zoom is great. I'm, I'm getting a little fatigued by Zoom, uh, but it's a lot of looking at myself. And uh, if, if you're like me, you don't want to look at yourself all day long. I don't, uh, I have self-esteem issues. So to see myself constantly is, was kind of grating on my nerves. But one thing I did notice is that there was a lot of gray in my beard and it kind of didn't, I didn't have the beard definition I was hoping to have. So I thought I'm going to dye my fucking beard. I'm going to, I'm going to just for men this beard. So I went to Walgreens and I bought a box of Just For Men and uh, I dyed my beard. And guess what? I am feeling myself right now. Uh, well, that, no. <laughs> that didn't come out right. I am, I am feeling myself. I got the feelings for myself right now because I look good on a Zoom call with a dyed beard. I am uh, looking, I find myself looking at myself a lot. Um... I can see every like acne scar I have too. So I've started to wear light foundation. <laughs> this is all for Zoom calls. Remember, I don't come out of the attic. So um, ever since I dyed my beard, I've been kind of like my self-esteem has gone way up and I don't dye my hair. My hair is its own natural color. But now that the gray's out of my beard, do you know what my husband said? Looks the same to me. I see gray. Oh, yeah. Well, guess what? Fuck off. Uh, I don't see any gray. I feel like I look young. Look at me. Who's about to be 50 soon? Not me because I dyed my beard. So um, so I kind of am excited to see myself <laughs> on Zoom. Like I'm, I'm strangely overconfident now. And it's all because I dyed my beard. But now I'm sort of obsessed with is the gray coming back? Like, is it peeking through? Do I need to do touch ups? Um, I have some backup boxes of Just for Men. Uh, and I, 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 I have, from the shoulders up, I have a lot of self-confidence. What you don't see is from the shoulders down. Um, I have been wearing the same Barbara Streisand long sleeve tee every day since it came. I do wash it very frequently. Uh, and I am wearing sweatpants. I stopped wearing, I used to put jeans on, uh, but now I wear sweatpants and I wear them in public, which I always used to say, if you see me in public with sweatpants, no, I've given up. Like this is the end times for me. But it really is kind of the end time. So, um, but yeah, I can let my stomach out. I don't have to hold my stomach in on a Zoom call. You're just looking at my dyed beard, really. Is that, is that my beard you're looking at? And um, if I don't have a Zoom call, I don't take a shower. And I let my hair look all kinds of crazy. Bedhead. I also wear a CPAP machine. Um, and the mask makes my hair look electrified. And so, uh, but if no one's really going to see me, I don't, I just don't care. Uh, but I do zhuzh it up for, for the Zoom meeting. So, um, yeah, I dyed my beard and I feel like a million fucking bucks. So if you're on Zoom a lot, think of something you could do to, maybe you could, they used to do this to the actresses in the in the 60s. They would take pieces of tape uh, and at attach a string to them and pull their faces back. They're like around their, their eyes and their cheekbones and their necks. And there would be this elaborate network of string tied around the back of their head and then they'd plop a wig on it. They used to do it to like Betty Davis, uh, Lucille Ball did that a lot. Um, taping your face back. It was a thing. So why don't you just tape your face back, dye your beard and zhuzh up your hair. Um, and you're going to look like a million bucks on zoom. Yeah. Okay. So that is another thing that's happening during the, uh, the pandemic. You know what I meant about feeling myself? Like, I think I look good for the first time in 48 years. And all it took was being stuck in my attic and some just for men. 
Uh, okay, so so here's a fun thing for you to look up. I actually I saw this on the View, and this is um, the uh, Prime Minister in, in the Caribbean. Um, she chastises citizens who aren't social distancing. A uh, video of the Prime Minister of St. Martin chastising citizens last week for not following COVID-19 social distancing measures has gone viral on Twitter. Uh, St. Martin is a Dutch nation in the Caribbean that shares an island with the French. Uh, as of April 8th, they had 40 cases of coronavirus and eight deaths. In this video, so all you have to do is look up if you don't have bread, eat crackers. Type that in. Uh, Prime Minister Silveria Jacobs doesn't hold back from telling everyone to simply stop moving. This video is hysterical. She is pissed at the citizens of her town. And she says, I don't want you going out. If you don't have the type of bread you like in your house, eat crackers. She says bluntly, if you don't have crackers, eat cereal. Eat oats, sardines. She warns them that if she institutes a total lockdown like some people are calling for, they will need a two-week supply of food. But instead, people have been panic buying toilet paper and water. She is urging people to buy one or two weeks of food. I said that already. Um, she was praised on Twitter for speaking bluntly and powerfully, while some politicians have criticized uh, her for not being upfront with citizens. So she is straight and to the point, And I just love it. If you don't have bread, eat crackers. No crackers, eat oats. She is mad. So um, she's so serious and she's so funny. Um, she is uh, also pissed. So it doesn't even say her name. Um, does she have a name? Okay. But anyway, just Google if you don't have bread, eat crackers. Jacobs. I said it already. Okay. Um, yeah. So that made me fucking laugh. And I've been quoting it in the house for the last, well, since I saw it. No bread, eat crackers, bitch. Okay. All right, I have two more things and we're going to do our project. All right, listen, I love all of you very much. And I'm, I know these are desperate times and I don't mean to be mean. But what is it about baking bread during a quarantine that is so appealing? It's like all of a sudden people woke up one day and said, I'm going to bake bread today and I'm going to do it with two ingredients and I'm going to post a picture of that big fucking loaf of bread on Facebook day after day after day. So I just I'm so glad you can make bread like they are still selling it, though, at the stores. But um, like who knew I could make bread from three ingredients or um, I tried sourdough wheat and then the powder that goes on top. I, I've seen designs. I've seen um, all sorts of I guess it's flour, the powder. Look at me. Well, I don't make fucking bread, so I just don't get it. Enough with the bread. I don't, I don't want to see another loaf of bread. Um, I think that one person that I, I follow on the Facebook makes made so much bread, she started her own business. Like, now she's delivering bread throughout the town. What what about this makes people want to buy, make bread? I don't understand. Is it that miraculous? Was it that hard originally to make bread in the first place? Why are you making all this bread? So if you're one of the people making bread, like I said, I love you. I'm, I'm excited for you. We're not making jack shit at this house, um, except uh, we did get a Mickey waffle iron. Uh, it's um, It makes three Mickey waffles, just like in the theme parks. Um, and I actually bought the malted uh, waffle mix that they use, just like in the resorts. Uh, and we are going to make Mickey waffles until the until they let us out of the house. So um, that's what we're making. And I have a mix for it. So um, I don't know. I'm just every time I see another loaf of bread, I'm like, oh, fuck with the bread enough. OK. And then one more thing. This is kind of a I don't know why this pandemic reminds me of the movie Rosemary's Baby, but there's a part in Rosemary's Baby. Have you seen Rosemary's Baby? It's so fucking good. It's so well done. Yes, I know that Roman Polanski is a pee-pee caca, nasty garbage person, but this movie is fantastic. And Rosemary 
uh, her husband signs a deal with the devil uh, to, for success in his career, uh, and the devil impregnates Rosemary, and uh, she is carrying the devil's child in a godless time. The, the, I think it's set in 1966. But it came out in 1968. Uh, it has a very haunting uh, main theme, uh, which I have the record. I have the Rosemary's Baby. It's it's a it's a la 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 song. Um, you can look that up on YouTube. Rosemary's Baby opening credits, maybe. Um, but anyway, in the in the just when she is catching on that this might be actually happening, that that these people around her are maybe against her, including her own husband. Um, a girlfriend says that there's a dreamy OBGYN named Dr. Hill, played by a dreamy yet still wearing a toupee, Charles Groton. And she goes to Dr. Hill because she's been going to one of the the the, the devil worshiping doctors, Dr. Saperstein. So she and he's old and giving her tannis root, this this devil's um, herb. So anyway, she goes to Dr. Hill and she tells the whole story. I feel like they're this and they're that. And they're, they have there. There's 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 a satanic cult in my building and they want my baby. Um, and Dr. Hill is so earnest and he believes her. Um, and he reassures her that he's not going to let this happen to her, that he is um, going to call the hospital because Saperstein didn't want her in a hospital uh, and that he is going to take care of everything. He said, honey, why don't you just lay down here uh, and rest while I take care of things? And for a moment, Rosemary has hope. She has hope that Dr. Saperstein or sorry, Dr. Hill, dreamy Dr. Hill, uh, believes her and her baby is going to be okay. And she, she calls the baby Andy or Jenny, but she says it like, you'll be fine, Andy or Jenny. So that's obviously, she's comforted and she's already, she's, she goes to sleep. And when she wakes up, Dr. Hill has called Dr. Saperstein and her husband and the neighbors, and they come in and say, you've got a little, uh, you know, pre, pre, uh, delivery, your little cuckoo. And, um, it, it was false hope. She has false hope. And then it's shattered. And I always, I'm so devastated at that part because you just want her to make it out. I mean, the, it's the devil baby anyway. There was really no hope. But um, she thought there was hope. And then it was dashed. And I feel like every day, so I compare myself to Rosemary Woodhouse, that every day, like to me, my, my Dr. Hill, dreamy Dr. Hill is um, that nice Andrew Cuomo. Um, I know that he is a rat fink and a lot of people hate him, but right now I'm really getting a lot of comfort from Andrew Cuomo, but I keep thinking he's going to say something like, like, Sean, <laughs> your family can do this, this, and this, like just, just to put a healthy end to this. Cause I really want this to end. Um, and so anyway, it's a loose uh, analogy. I just really want you to watch Rosemary's baby while in quarantine. It's a great movie, but Dr. Hill, he, he could save us all. And I just, I want somebody. So I watch, I call it my Cuomo at 1130. Oh, it's 1130 now. Uh, and to see if he's going to let my, give me my life back. Are you going to give me my life back today? Is today the day you announce there's an end to this? Uh, and then, uh, but I'm, then I'm disappointed. Um, false hope. And then I listen to my, my nice Mark Polencars, who is the Erie County executive, who is a neighbor, by the way. And I'm not going to brag an acquaintance. Okay, well, he's not my friend. He doesn't come over, but he is going to come over once he said he's going to come over and we're going to hang out on our front porch when this is all over. Secondhand, he said that. So anyway, my polling cars comes on usually around three ish. And um, I look for the hope like oh, Erie County is doing better than the other counties. Guess what? You can return to work. Your children can return to school. Your baby can go back to daycare. You can leave the attic. Uh, but it doesn't happen. Dr. Hill, false hope. Um, I've always hated false hope in movies and television and in books, uh, because it it gives me such a panic attack when it all goes wrong. Um, I'll tell you who I don't watch to bring me any comfort, who is not my Dr. Hill, um, is the motherfucking president. What the fuck, man? I wa I've watched two or three of these conferences, and all I can say is a meme that I saw, that the first journalist who stands up and screams, what the fuck are you talking about? 
deserves a Pulitzer Prize. Honestly, give that man or woman a Pulitzer Prize. What are you fucking... T- Somebody pull this guy off the mic. So now he's taking himself off the mic, which is wise. But I kind of want to still... I want him to kind of dig his own. But who cares? His, the people that love him don't care. They don't care. He's the smartest. He's really... He tells it like it is. Uh, but anyway... I've watched a couple of those. Eric is gets furious with me. I watch in the kitchen while I'm cooking, but I stopped because it's crazy making and it's you you're getting pulled into a spiral of madness. That's what's happening when you watch that shit. So um so one last thing before we do our, our activity. Um I have amazing friends. I want to tell you that I I feel like I can never be as amazing as my friends are. They are just incredible. Um, just last night, my friend, we heard uh, uh, shuffling on our front porch. And then my friend uh, Kelly said, look on your front porch. And there was a beautiful um, uh, beans and greens with some Italian sausage, uh, some garlic Tuscan bread, some cupcakes, a magnet for my office, a bottle of wine for my husband, uh, and uh, a beautiful mug uh, that says like something like, we'll get through this, or you got this. So she just dropped it off because she knows that it's really hard to have a four-year-old and a five-month-old during a global pandemic. She has five kids of her own, though, too. I don't know how she does it, but you are a better person than I will ever be, Kelly. My friend Alicia uh, made uh, Jackie a mask, and it's got like a little pocket so you can put a coffee filter in it to filter out the badness. She made it, and she brought it over. Thank you. My friend Mary Beth was at Wegmans and said, need anything? And I literally just gave her a list. I need grape tomatoes. I need cheddar cheese. I need this. I need that. And then she bought it, wouldn't let me pay her back, and then dropped it off um, at my house. I'm... uh, I'm so fucking grateful. My friend David. So my friend David is hysterical because he knows that we we have lots of temperatures to take here. And we, we do temp checks every couple, uh, twice a day. And so um, you have to clean the thermometer. And we, there were no alcohol wipes uh, or rubbing alcohol anywhere to be found. But he found, uh, uh, first he had some at home. Uh, and so he brought them over. We didn't, this is when we could still see each other at a distance and he um he gave me the alcohol wipes then he found more and he mailed them to me more alcohol wipes have come then he found a bottle (laughs) rubbing alcohol and we split it so uh he dropped it off but not only did he drop it off there was a pan of delicious giardelli brownies that he made and um there were two daffodils from his garden and that's jackie's favorite flower um, who are these people? I they're, they're coming from afar. Like David lives far and he came all this way to bring these these beautiful treats. If I'm forgetting anyone, uh, please forgive me. But but my friends are fucking awesome. And I want to be that guy, too. My only excuse for not like making a, a beautiful soup and bringing it to someone is that I have an infant at home. Cut me some fucking slack. But other than that, uh, I want to be like these people. I want to be that person. And they've always been like this. My friends have been like this from since day one, we'll, who will go um, the extra mile and and help and be incredible. Um, a shout out to Janelle. I feel like you did something amazing. And even if you didn't, you did, you have in the past. So you deserve a shout out too. Um, just amazing, wonderful friends. Uh, so with that, I want to explore... Um, I feel like we're uh, we're grieving a loss. We are going through. I don't know if you agree or not, but I I really believe after reviewing them that we are going through the stages of grief right now, grief and loss. So think about. I guess the first thing is. I guess you could think about what have we lost and what have we gained, right? So. Um, uh, we can talk about the gains later. I like to talk about the negative. <laughs> what have we lost? And <clears throat> we've lost a lot. You know, there's we're grieving a loss of uh, not to be super dramatic, but like life as we know it. 
uh, has completely stopped. So we're we're grieving that loss. And I feel like my my son, I mean Frankie, is just so happy. He's all he has to do is 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 see me walk by, and he's he's thrilled. But Jackson's a little harder to please, and he's going through these same these same phases too. I think so. I just wonder where you are uh, in your phases of grief. So we're going to go through them, and I'm going to give you something to think about. Right, little education here. Uh, I don't know where I'm, I'm at different spots on on the on the grief scale or the grief path in different areas of my life. Um, but I think first and foremost is denial. Right. So this isn't fucking ha- is this I don't even believe this is happening. And I, I go through that. Like on the hour, like I can't believe this is happening. Like I can't believe that everyone at Trader Joe's is wearing a mask now, and that I had to wait in line to get in here. I can't believe that we will probably um, not go send Jackson back to school this year. That that's over. I, I don't believe it. You can't tell me this is true. How is this happening? So uh, avoidance, uh, confusion. I'm confused. Um, shock and fear. So I just, it's, I think I'm still in denial in general. So that would be uh, an umbrella emotion. So are you in denial? Do you, can you believe this is happening? Could you have predicted? I mean, if you told me this, even in January, I was, I was lucky enough to go and um, sing at my aunt's funeral. Um, I feel like my singing career has been um, boiled down to one song only, and it's Ave Maria. (laughs) I just sing Ave Maria now at funerals and weddings. Uh, I do have a copy of it in my trunk and a music stand just in case, you know, a cop pulls me over and says, hey, you got Ave Maria? We need you to sing it over here at a funeral. Um, but I got to be with my family. We got to celebrate my aunt's life. Um, her her wake or her memorial was body to body in this room. We could never do that now. Like, I just, I can't believe uh, that this is fucking happening. I know it's going to end and I don't want to be a baby. Um, I just can't fucking believe it. So denial, anger, uh, irritation. Uh, frustration and anxiety. So I feel like, I, can you be in all of these phases at once? Um, I am, I am an, I'm angry. I'm angry. And it comes out, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I feel like Eric is the target of my anger and, and I'm really even not around him that much, but I feel, um, I feel bad, but I'm, I, I feel that I am very angry when I scream out, I want my life back. Um, And I scream it into the heavens. Uh, I'm fucking angry. I'm most angry uh, for my son, Jackson, because he had just started at Montessori. And um, when he used to, uh, when he first started going there, he started the day Frankie was born. So that was November 25th. And he used to cry and have a sick tummy and go to the nurse. But then he started getting, getting into it and he's learning. You know, he'd been with the same kids his whole life at uh, UB Child Care Center. Um, he was taking the bus. He was, uh, he went on field trips. He was, he was doing great. As you know, I have a relationship with Miss Amy. Now she knows that I'm at DEFCON 1 and I'm about to shit myself. But anyway, um, he, he, it was all taken away from him. And it's, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair. I, again, I know it's temporary, but I don't see an end in sight. So I'm fucking pissed for my son. Um, he misses his best friend, Dean, so much. He, we did a FaceTime with them and they were like, spent, they spent about a half an hour, like one upping each other on like, look at this toy. Oh yeah. Well, let me go get this toy. But after we got off the call, Jackie was like a maniac. And I feel like he was just scared. Like, why can't I see him in person? And, um, I just feel really bad. Like sometimes I look at Jackson and he's just stuck in here with us, these two old Queens. And I feel, I cry, I cry and I'm I'm mad. So I don't know if crying is part of that. Um, so then here's a low, uh, depression. So I think we all kind of know what that is. So you're overwhelmed. You feel helpless. Um, you take flight, uh, fight, fight or flight. It, it's more flight. Um, and, uh, you know, it manifests itself in different ways, not showering, not, um, not doing the things that used to bring you joy, kind of like that hopelessness and, and giving up, um, so maybe some of you are in that phase. You're in the depression phase. Um, I am overwhelmed. Um, 
but I'm, I'm lucky. Again, if I start looking at what I've gained instead of what I've lost, um, I'm, I'm so fucking grateful for so many things. Uh, and that's actually how I put myself to sleep. When I have racing thoughts, um, I start making just a gratitude list and, uh, you know, it's the little things like there's beard dye in the world and I got to dye my beard and now I like the way I look on Zoom. I'm grateful. There's little things and there's big things. My son Frankie sleeps through the night. He sleeps from eight o'clock till about seven in the morning and I get to sleep too. So there's big grateful as well. Um, but depression obviously is something that um, is a tough phase to I feel like it's probably one of the longer phases um, in the in the grief cycle. Uh, so bargaining. Oh, man, I've been a bargainer for my entire life. I remember begging my parents not to make me go to church, begging them. I just hated going. I hated seeing my classmates from grade school who were mean to me. I hated the mass. I was scared of the priest who used to pound on the on the um, lectern. Uh, I just hated it. And I would say, Mom, uh, if you don't make me go to church, I swear to you, I will pray Every day, I will make a prayer table and I will pray at home. Please don't make me go. I just remember bargaining with God. Like, if you make this stop, I will be the most amazing person if you could just give me this one. So um, it's tough, the bargaining. Um, you know, uh, bargaining is, is I'm definitely in that phase too. How am I in all these phases? I need, I need to talk about this with my therapist. Um, but like bargaining, like if you make this pandemic end, I promise that I'll always be grateful. I, if you make this pandemic end, I will never take for granted that my children can go outside and play with their friends. And, and, and I will not take for granted this, this, and this, like just please, what, is, what do I have to do to end this? Who do I have to blow <laughs> to end this pandemic? And then the last one is acceptance. Certainly not there yet. Um, exploring options, putting a new plan in, in place, moving on. Um, certainly not there. Um, I, I, I want to, I'm start. I guess I'm starting to say like, this is, I guess how it is. Like these are going to be our days. I, I need I do need to accept it. I have no control over what's happening as much as I, I, I try to influence uh, the governor with my thoughts uh, or the the, you know, trying to make nice with Mark Poland cars. They're not going to end this for me. Like we have I have no control over this. I'm at the mercy of the pandemic. So um, but I need to accept things. And I, to me, and I'm being really honest, I, I don't, I loved Broadway shows. I love concerts. I love crowded restaurants. I love, like I said, I, I get my energy from moving through the world. I can forego um, shows. I can forego uh, concerts. I don't care if I never go to a movie again. I just want, I really want Jackson to be around other kids. I want him to get his life back. So um, it's hard for me to accept that, you know, some people are like, they're not going to open schools till 2022. <laughs> like, what the fuck? No, you can't say that. Or Dr. Burks, uh, who is a sellout, by the way. Um, I don't know how she sleeps at night. Your scarf is nice, but guess what? You're you're one of them. Uh, but anyway, she says that she sees social distancing going through the summer. No, no, because our house is hot. And we, we, how many times can we walk around the block or go by a playground and tell Jackson that he can't play in the playground? Um, it's closed. It's full of germs. Jackson actually says, can we not, do we have to talk about germs? Can we not talk about germs anymore? So now we just don't talk about germs on the weekends. So, and he knows that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we can talk about germs, but on the weekend, no, no germ talk. Um, oh, our Delta Sonic, which is our, uh, car wash, um, like the main car wash here in Buffalo, just reopened for unlimited pass holders, like unlimited washes. I have a little sticker on my car, but before they close, this is what I did with Jackson every day. I drove him through the car wash because he loves it and he thinks it's an octopus and the lights and the bubbles and it's super fun, but it's, it's reopened. I acted like we had just won a million dollars when I read, oh, just for these, these unlimited pass holders, Delta Sonic, touch-free, 
uh, is reopening. And now I feel like my whole fucking life just opened up. But anyway, acceptance, I'm not there yet. Are you, have you accepted it? And if so, um, how's that going? (laughs) Do you mean it? Do you really accept it? I don't know if anybody's there, but I think collectively we're going through these these uh, phases. Certainly, anxiety too comes with uh, a great deal of this, and uh, I um, so I I wanted to see where you were. Uh, you can tell me where you are by emailing me. I always I give my email out once in a while. I do get an email, which I love. Um, so, oh, I just got an, a text from Eric. Unexpected turn of events. Jackie just turned on Frozen. <laughs> so we've been watching Frozen 2 a lot. Um, we've been watching The Jungle Book a lot, which is, I don't know if, I don't know if that's my favorite. Um, but we do like a new Disney movie every night. Every night is movie night, which means all the lights off. We make popcorn. It used to just be on Saturdays, but now every night is fucking movie night. And every day I try to have a surprise come. Like the waffle maker came yesterday. We bought him a little tool kit that has like a little automatic screwdriver um, or like a like a drill that he can drill these colorful screws in all day. Uh, that's coming. Who cares? Why am I telling you that? Um, but I'm just trying to make it nice. Make it nice for the boy. Uh, don't know why I'm... T- oh, so anyway, because they were going to go outside. And Eric has been amazing um, with the boys downstairs. Um I, I still hear screaming on occasion, and every once in a while, I hear a man scream, and that would be Eric screaming at them. So I'll text, I hear screaming, and he'll be like, one scream. You heard one scream. That's all. Uh, but anyway, those are the, the there's actually, some say there's seven stages of uh, grief and loss, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with five. Listen, I don't know, if, I'm going to close with this. I got interviewed yesterday by a very smart friend who's doing a paper on uh, podcasts and how it's sort of replaced reading. Um, and and uh, he listens to this podcast on occasion. And I found that my answers were kind of telling because I don't know if I would like a podcast like mine. Like, it's just me talking. So he's like, how do you avoid it being like narration, just narrating, like reading something? And I, I have done some podcasts where I'm just reading um, stuff I wrote, but maybe it's less interesting than when I'm just talking like I'm on the phone. Um, and I do love interviewing people, too, but I don't have my my second microphone kind of blows. Plus, um I like to have the person at my house usually or do it over Zoom. And I just it just there's no uh, th- that volleying off of other people is what I enjoy in a podcast. Um, but I don't do that. It's just me fucking talking. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that's uh, I don't know. I, it made me want to sort of change it up a little bit. But I don't know if now is the time um, I don't do it for, uh, you know, I, I just like doing it. It's fun. It's a hobby, right? Uh, and people listen and, and kind of like it. But what I am going to ask you, because I every podcast I listen to, well, almost everyone says, could you leave me a, like a five star review or just the five stars or just put some comments on um, iTunes? That would be great because then maybe more people would listen. I don't know. Would you are you willing to could you do that? I feel awful asking. It's the Catholic guilt. Could you go on iTunes and give click give it five stars and maybe say something nice? Um, or you you know if you don't like it, well no don't do that. <laughs> if you don't like it, I don't care. <laughs> How's that? So uh, anyway, thank you for listening. I had a lot. I've been sort of taking notes. Um, I was going to do this yesterday when the the poopy text really um, when the 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 shit almost literally hit the crock pot, but. Um, I did it today and I'm so happy that I did it. And I, I, I love you. I'm worried about us all. I am, but I'm here. And I, now I have this attic space to do podcasts. I can sneak away. Um, I don't have to wait till everyone's out of the house. Oh wait. Cause no one can leave the house. Okay. All right. Bye. I love you. Bye.